Hey all, Sarah here with another episode of What's on Your Plate podcast. Just a little housekeeping before we get into today's awesome episode. Um, A couple of you have reached out to me as to where have I been? Why have I skipped a week? So my loyalists know that since the start of this podcast, I have typically been posting new episodes every Thursday, which I love, love, love to do. However, moving forward, at least for the foreseeable future, I will be seeing you every other Thursday in an effort to keep this space sustainable and to allow space and love and light to other areas of my life as well. So I appreciate you. I love your support. Please do keep coming back and listening as these conversations are not going away. They are just being spread out a little more for the time being. That being said, today's guest is somebody that I have had in my sights for a while. I have been following her and all of her wealth of knowledge for some time now, so I was incredibly excited to have her agree to have a conversation with me. It's awesome when I get to share conversations that have helped me level up my way of thinking about things. And today's guest, Olivia Herzog, does just that. While being a raw vegan food chef is inspiring enough, Olivia takes us deeper into what really creates a healthy way of living, that of which is learning how to have a healthy mindset. Our thoughts create our realities. Let's have a listen and dig deeper into the belief that you cannot shed the physical or mental weight in life unless you change what your mind is telling you. Let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of What's on Your Plate. I am incredibly excited for today's conversation with my guest, Olivia Herzog. Olivia is a health and mindset mentor, raw vegan food chef, health community and retreat host reminding people that health is who they are. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you. It's really good to be here. It's great to have you. Um, And I love that last part of your bio in the way that you're reminding people that health is who they are, not what they are or what they want to be. It's all within them. And I know we're going to dive a bit deeper into that in a moment, um, but I want to just give you the opportunity to share with us just about yourself. Tell our listeners who may not be familiar with you what what you're all about. Yeah, totally. So yeah, like you read in my bio, I am a health and mindset coach. Those things go hand in hand. If you ask me, Um, I'm a raw food chef. I've been raw food chef to billionaires. I was a raw food chef living in my RV, traveling all around the country, uh, just parking in people's driveways and teaching them how to make raw food. It's been a crazy journey. Um, And now I do more out of my home. I host retreats. I host private one-on-one retreats. And I'm host a private community where I interact with people, share my recipes, do live calls, do all kinds of different things. But yeah, that that final little sentence in my bio is huge to me. It's hugely part of my message of having people understand that health is who they are, 
not something to attain, not something that's outside of themselves that they have to learn to accomplish. And it's not even what they do. That's the big thing, right? Most people associate their health with what they do. So if I go to the gym and I eat a salad, I think of myself as a healthy person. And if I skip the gym and I eat a slice of pizza, I think of myself as an unhealthy person. And I'm saying that it's so much deeper than that. It's so much truer than that. It's like love, right? Like love is who we are. And we might take actions that our minds would interpret as being more or less loving, but ultimately there's nothing that we could do to not be love because it's who we are. And it's the same thing with health. So yeah, that's who I am. And it's briefly what I do. That's an amazing explanation. I'm curious to know, has this always been your mindset or if not, how did you arrive to it? Yeah, it's a really good question. So no, definitely not always my mindset, which is big reason why I'm so passionate about it now. For many years, I suffered with a very serious eating disorder and I tried so hard to not have an eating disorder. I tried so hard to improve my health. And after about 10 years of struggling really hard with it, it dawned on me. It didn't dawn on me. It was through therapy and reading and coaching and all kinds of things. I realized that as long as I was identifying as a person with an eating disorder, I was identifying as a person who had health problems, mental health problems, physical health problems, that I was going, I was never going to not have those health problems so long as it was integral to who I was and how I thought about myself. And so my journey now for years has been breaking free of that. And then now ultimately showing other people a way out, right? It's, it's, this is like, I see this all the time. People who um, maybe were carrying around a little bit of extra weight when they were a kid and maybe their mom had something to say about that, or maybe they were picked on when they were in school. And over time, they started to think of themselves as the fat friend or the fat person, or they just thought of themselves as having too much fat. And so all of the dieting and exercising, all of the things that they do can never ultimately help them release that fat once and for all, because it's integral to who they think they are, right? I, I associate, I identify as this. And so yeah, my own personal journey of coming from a place of identifying as a sick person uh, to realizing that until I shifted out of seeing myself as that, I was never going to experience something other than that. That's an integral, that's a really important point to, to point out because most people think once I have proof of something different, then I'll know that I'm something different. But that's the opposite of how it actually works. The way it actually works is that we decide that we're someone different and that we get to experience something different. And then it'll show up in our external reality. So it's always from the inner to the outer. It's not, I'm gonna wait till I have proof of being healthy and then I'll be healthy. It's no, I decide that I'm healthy. I decide that I'm fit and strong. And then over time that starts to show up in your body and the actions that you take and all of the external pieces. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's interesting also that you're talking about if I'm hearing you correctly, say the way that we define ourselves is also often based on maybe what just somebody else is telling us, like a diagnosis, um, you know, letting somebody else define what we are or who we are or how we're supposed to feel about ourselves based on an opinion 
that is not our own. It's true. Yeah, it does happen a lot. It's funny because right before this, I wrote a post on Instagram saying that I believe that prognosis are borderline unethical. It's the same idea is allowing a doctor and in our society and even beyond our society, we have these doctors on these pedestals, right? So a doctor tells you this and you take it as the gospel truth. And I'm not here to criticize or condemn doctors. There's really great people who are doctors, but they're people. They're people like all of us and they don't hold the ultimate truth to everything. And to tell a person that, uh, this is your diag diagnosis and then this is your prognosis is to oftentimes, unfortunately, like essentially give a person a death sentence, right? You tell them that this is what they have and this is how long they have and people believe it. And from that belief, they go on to create that reality because we see the opposite happening all the time too, right? Where someone is given a prognosis or a diagnosis that says that they only have six months to live and then they go on to live 30 more years, right? But the difference is not that the doctor was right in one of those circumstances and wrong in the other one, but that the person who goes on to live many more years didn't believe it. They didn't accept that as the truth. They didn't take that on as, oh, this is who I am. This is my reality. This is my state. They decided that they were going to overcome it and they were going to choose their reality that was beyond uh, you know, what anyone else was going to tell them. Right. And you, know, uh, you are a highly gifted, highly talented, uh, raw vegan food chef. And I want to get to that in a minute because that's a big part of this equation, but also a big part of the wellness equation is so much more than food. And it has to do with exactly what you're talking about, that of which is mindset and how we receive information. Tell me a little bit about why you think one person perceives and receives that information one way and the other person receives it entirely different. What is that rooted in? Mm, so many different things. I mean, trauma, the way that you were raised, uh, the beliefs that you have about yourself, what you believe is, is possible with the world, right? It's your entire worldview uh, affects how you take in information. And so if your worldview is that the world is beautiful and amazing and all things are possible and all things are possible for you. All things are possible with you. If you come from that standpoint, then receiving information that would be limiting would just be optional. You'd be, you'd be, you'd have the option to say, okay, well, I take that on as true, or I decide to discard that as not true. Um, but if you come from a different, you know, background or history of of the world feeling very small and you feeling like a very small person, you feeling like a very unworthy, incapable, undeserving type of person uh, than taking on information that would say that you're sick or you're anything less than amazing and great and healthy and full uh, could be, you could take that on as true, right? Because you'd be coming from, um, yeah, just experiencing the world in a totally different way. Yeah. And based on what I've learned about you, um, you you have somewhat of a history of believing things that were not true about yourself and not enoughness type of uh, mentality throughout uh, your younger years. And overcoming that is something I'd like to hear you talk about too, to get past that, to get to where you are today with your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all do. I think that's a universal thing to one degree or another. We all have the belief that we're not enough. That is not, no one is exempt from that belief, but yeah, I definitely struggled with that. For, for many years. And the process is just 
one little step at a time. For me, I often say one of the biggest pivotal moments for myself was when I applied to work at a job. It was just a cafe, a little coffee shop in town that was the cool place to work. Everyone that was anyone was the cool person working there. And I had this little spark of inspiration that told me to apply for this job. And the mo the big part of me was like, you'll never get that job. You're not a barista. You're not cool enough to work there. All these stories of not being good enough came up. But somehow, somewhere, I found the courage to apply for that job. And I got the job. And I was eventually promoted to manager. And it was through that choice that my life really began to shift. And I started taking more and more steps towards proving that no, I actually am enough. No, I actually am good enough. I applied to graduate school and I got accepted to graduate school. And then I found out about raw food and then I abandoned all of that. And, you know, I can explain more of that story later on, but yeah, it's just what I always tell people is to follow whatever little tiny spark of intuition is in them, whatever little thing you want to do, whether it's applying for a job or maybe talking to that person that you think is really interesting or moving to that city or even something smaller, whatever it is, follow that little spark and do that little thing and trust that through that process, you're getting to know yourself better and you're re-correcting that story of not being enough. And it just continues to compound and compound until you're doing bigger and bigger things and believing greater and greater things about yourself. I love the passion that emits from you when you speak about that. It just radiates and it just says so much about, you know, the work that you've done on your own journey to, to get to where you are right now. Um, I know this is probably a really loaded question, but um, please tell me about how food has become such a big part of it for you. Mm, yeah, so it definitely started as a big part because of my eating disorder. Like I said, I had a really messy relationship with food and that was just my thing, right? Addiction is addiction is addiction. And mine came out in uh, food and it was all a result of being deeply disconnected from myself. And I found some solace, some comfort in, um, in food. And so I struggled so much for so many years. And even as I started to do a shift on my identity and stop thinking of myself as a sick person or a person with an eating disorder, I still deeply struggled with the food, right? And I think it's, I have a bone to pick with this, uh, this idea that, you know, different therapists or different dietitians have that, you know, all food is good food, right? And we're going to teach you to, you know, be able to eat everything in moderation. And I was fortunate enough at that little crossroads of my life to meet someone who was vegan and who happened to have a book on her bookshelf at her house that was about raw veganism, raw food, the 80-10-10 the diet by Doug Graham, which introduced me to uh, raw food. And I read that and I was like, wow, like that's it. Like that makes so much sense. And it was in starting to practice that and learn about that, that I started to heal my relationship with food on an even deeper level. And so for me, I don't know if it's possible that I would have ever been able to heal my relationship with food, my eating disorder, continuing to eat Oreos and Doritos and McDonald's, like somewhere in inside of me, those foods, uh, if you want to call them food, they really don't deserve to be called food, but those foods, um, 
like rubbed against my conscience, like my soul in a way that I didn't know at the time. And I couldn't really articulate, but I was never okay with consuming those things, but I didn't know another way, right? Like those are just typical foods. That's what everybody eats. And I just had a problem. I couldn't find a way to have a healthy relationship with those things. But once I started eating more raw foods, in addition to doing the identity work and the mindset work and getting to know myself, I found a greater and greater self-awareness greater and greater healing and health. And so I'm so deeply passionate about plant-based foods and specifically raw foods, because I believe that uh, they saved my life, that if it wouldn't be for them, I might not be here because I was just in really poor health and not able to find a way to have a healthy relationship with food while eating essentially non-food. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting to me, um, the way that you knew intuitively that that wasn't what you wanted to choose for your body. That wasn't the way you wanted to fuel yourself, but you just, even though you weren't quite sure what it meant, you just still kept leaning into it and not ignoring it. Like, I, I think that's a lot of people get hung up in continuing on the path that they have always been told is the right way, or that is just, you know, what they're influenced to do, even though they know, and it's not right, and it doesn't feel good to them. Um, you know, it sounds a lot similar to my own plant-based journey, and that I often just describe it as it was my natural evolution. And it was something I was doing unconsciously before I even knew what I was doing. And it sounds like it was similar for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely a part of me that knew on some level that this wasn't okay. This didn't feel good in my soul. Like I said, it didn't feel good in my body. But until I was actually presented with the information for another way, you know, first in veganism and then in uh, raw veganism, that I was able to finally act in a different way. You know, I was able to finally do something that I felt would, um, align with my soul. Yeah. Tell me about something that um, you've said before, that experiencing life in a way that doesn't involve being preoccupied with what we eat. Mm. Yeah. Could you elaborate on that? Well, how we move through life, how many people move through life every day, just worrying about whether they should eat that or not eat that kind of like almost like what we talked about a little bit earlier in regards to you go to the gym and you eat the salad and you're healthy or you don't go to the gym and you eat the pizza so you're not healthy um being able to find yourself in a place where you're moving through the motions of life um consciously enough to not be preoccupied with food and that's I think, of course, based on your lifestyle choices that you have, have evolved into over time, how do you find yourself in that? How do you get to that place where you find yourself in the mindset of not being so preoccupied? Mm. How do you keep it yeah. sustainable? Yeah, so people tend to have issues with food for two reasons, the physical or the emotional. So people uh, you know, switching to a healthier diet often have trouble maintaining that healthier diet because they're not eating enough of those healthy foods, right? So I'll often talk to people and I'll 
and they'll be like, oh, I ended up ordering Chinese food last night and I just keep doing this and I don't understand why I keep binging on Chinese food or whatever the thing is. And then I'll ask them what they had for breakfast or for lunch or for a snack. And they'll tell me, you know, a smoothie and two apples or something like that. And I'll say, okay, well, there's your, there's your issue, right? You quite simply didn't eat enough. And so biologically, our bodies are after survival. And so they're going to go for the highest calorie food that they can conceive of, which is often, right, processed foods, fast foods, the things that we don't really want to be eating. And so in order to avoid that, that's going to happen to you. That's going to happen to me. If I, you know, don't eat all day long, my body is not going to think, oh, an apple sounds really appetizing. It's going to think uh, some French fries sound really appetizing, right? Like that's just normal. There's nothing wrong with us. We're not... We don't lack discipline. There's, there's just literally that is how we're wired for survival. And so there's that issue to deal with. And when eating a plant-based diet or a raw food diet, specifically, the volume of food is so much greater than the foods that we're accustomed to eating, like burgers, fries, chips, chicken wings, all of those things are really calorie dense and really small package. And so when we're eating whole foods, we have to eat a lot of things. And so people will feel freaked out at the idea of eating this giant salad or these giant smoothies or whatever giant plate of raw food. But if you don't do that, the body needs more. So there's that point, the physical, and then there's the emotional as well, which is that uh, we have all kinds of experiences and emotions tied to so many different foods that habits coming back. So I have the idea that uh, every night or every Friday night, I would have popcorn and we'd have a movie night with my parents. And so every Friday night, I want to eat popcorn while I watch my movie because I have that association with my parents. And then people decide they want to stop eating microwavable popcorn, but they seem to can't stop eating the microwavable popcorn because that's a, there's that emotional connection. So there's that emotional connection or there's the emotions of I'm super stressed at work or I'm really stressed with this relationship, or I'm so exhausted because I haven't slept well in two weeks, or the emotions that come up from, you know, being tired or stressed or lonely or whatever that cause people to eat. And so it's a process of getting to this point where you're bringing all of those things into your awareness. You're offering yourself grace for eating the popcorn, even though you didn't really want to, or ordering the Chinese food, even though you didn't really want to, and you just keep going and understanding, okay, why did I order that Chinese food? Oh, it was because I didn't eat enough earlier in the day. I'm not going to berate myself. I'm going to do something different tomorrow by eating more food during the day. So I don't have the need to order Chinese food in the evening. And it's just going after that and doing that over and over again for years and years and years and years until you get to the point where um, you've learned your lessons and you figured out how to do it, how to eat enough food, how to cope with your emotions and give yourself what you need in other ways, rather than through a bag of popcorn or whatever your thing is. And I guess eventually you realize, wow, I've actually done it. I've actually really overcome all of, all of the, the eating issues that I have, all of the, you know, the problems and I have a healthy relationship with food, but it's just a process. It's a process of self-awareness. Yeah. And I think the, one of the main words that you just ended that statement with is it's a process, the word process. I think so many people want to be able to, you know, have one day of healthy eating and then think it's going to completely hit a reset button on 
on their everyday habits. And that's just not the way it works. So they do have to embrace everything that goes into creating new habits and a new lifestyle in order to change that mindset. I feel like to not just keep falling into those, especially the emotional habits of it, because people do associate food with, um, different things that provided them comfort or memories that were created or experience that were had. And it's, I think, challenging at times to get away from that type of trying to reenact something by eating traditional type food. Um, So understanding that you are in a process, again, on a journey Yeah, it really is a process. It really is. People get so frustrated because it's not easy and it's not a quick fix. I often share a story of uh, a friend that I have who was, who eats raw foods. And during the beginning of his journey, he lost a whole bunch of weight. And over the last three years, he's been on a process of gaining weight. And so he but okay, so over the last three years, he's gained about 30, 40 pounds. And then a couple months ago, he told me that within the next three or four years, he intends on uh, reaching his goal weight of another 30 or 40 pounds. And that struck me as so crazy because what he did three years ago was set a six to seven year plan for reaching his ideal weight. I mean, most people want to lose weight, right? Most people don't want to gain weight, but you could imagine it in the same exact way. Can you fathom a person coming to you or just in general saying, I have a seven-year plan to lose 70 pounds? No, nobody says things like that. Nobody even begins to think in terms like that because everybody wants these quick, quick fixes, whether it's losing weight, whether it's reversing health problems. And we need to change the narrative around that. It's like my friend, he sat down three years ago and decided that he was gonna gain 70 pounds and he was gonna do it over the course of six to six to seven years because that was appropriate and that was sustainable. And that was going to allow him to adjust his body and his mindset and his identity slowly enough that by the time he reached his goal, it was done. It was a, It's going to be a done deal. And he's not going to be fluctuating. He's not going to be on and off the diet bandwagon for the rest of his life like we see most people doing it. He will have established a new identity and a new habits and a new body. That's what he wants. And that's really how we have to start looking at these things. Like you can shift in a big way within a couple months. You absolutely can. You can totally shift your perspective. You can start new habits. Like those things are possible. But the idea of completely, you know, being where someone else is at, who's been on a health journey for five, 10, 15, 20 years is absurd. They're only where they're at because they've been putting in the work, not perfect work, but consistent work for that long. And that's how it is. It's just the truth of how it is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the people that are also having those unrealistic immediate expectations are generally, I feel like people that aren't looking at health as a lifestyle practice either. They have some end goal in mind, like something they want to look good for a wedding or they're going on vacation and they want to wear a bathing suit or something. So I just feel like it's a different mindset. We'll use that word again in, in where you are at with your health. Absolutely. Yeah. And those things can be motivating. They absolutely can. But ultimately, we need to have bigger dreams. One of the first things I always ask my clients when I start working with them is, what are your dreams? 
who do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? I often say that I have goals to climb the Swiss Alps in my 90s, right? That's a 60 year goal from now. And so it keeps me motivated all the way over here in my 30s to keep taking the steps and showing up every day because I'm going to climb the Swiss Alps in my 90s. People don't have big enough dreams. They don't have big enough goals. It has to be more than I want to look good for my wedding. It has to be, I want to go here, do this, climb this, run this, whatever the thing is uh, for many, many, many years from now. Yeah, and I feel like if people would choose that way of thinking more, um, they would look at taking care of their health more as a joy than a chore. Agree. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it is such a joy. It's like my health journey, my health practices on a daily basis are one of the highlights of my entire life. I love it so much. I love preparing myself healthy food. And people might say, oh, that's because you're a chef. But it's no, I, I've learned to love to prepare healthy food. You know, preparing healthy food or just preparing food in general, it's one of the most human things I can possibly think of. What's more human than making food and eating food? It's a thing that we do multiple times a day. All of our cultures are totally ingrained in it. To me, it's such a sad thing that there's so many people that not only don't know how to prepare healthy food, but don't know how to prepare food in general. Like what a crazy reality we live in where human beings who need to eat don't know how to make food to eat and of course we can talk about you know we could just grab an apple or a banana and it doesn't even have to be preparing food but my point is, is that we should know how to feed ourselves we should this is a basic human thing we should know how to do and and we should find joy in it right that doesn't mean you spend hours and hours in the kitchen every day I don't do that but I do find joy in taking care of my health and moving my body and all the ways that um, I do things in order to support my identity as a healthy person. I love them. I really, really love them. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I've often described preparing food for other people um, as a form of intimacy because it yeah. is so personal and intimate what we put into our bodies and what other people allow us to feed them. And just that personal connection you create by feeding people and sharing food together. And it should be something that is joyful and connecting and encompassing of, of each other. So I think that's probably one of the problems with the food as, you know, quote unquote, we'll call it in general in our society is that it's, it's lacking the personal connection that is needed in order to really bring people together in a way that celebrates true and real food. I agree. Yeah. The soul is lacking. The love mm -hmm. is lacking. The connection is lacking. Um, those are my secret ingredients. And I find, I feel it's such an honor to feed people like such an honor, a huge yes. responsibility for people like I said, as a private chef, to be invited into people's homes and to prepare the food that will nourish their body. I mean, I'm just so deeply moved by it. And I consider it just such a joy and such an opportunity. And yeah. Yeah, thing. so much, so much gratitude and, and just love for the people that allow us to do that for them, for sure. Um, one of the things that I love that you've said recently too about just taking care of our bodies and nourishing ourselves is that being healthy means 
more yeses to all of the most important people, places, and things in our lives. Mm -hmm. Because when we're not, gosh, how limiting our existence is and how tragic that is for us to miss out. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to communicate this to people who haven't experienced it. I feel like, you know, it's so hard to show someone something that they don't know. But my life, when I was struggling with my health and I had my eating disorder was so small, it just felt so small. My perspective was so small. The places that I moved in the world was such a small little space on the globe. And all of the things were just so small and limited. And as I've grown and as my health has improved, I just feel like there's more and more available. There's more to experience. There's more places to go. There's more people to meet. There's more opportunities for my work. There's just more and more and more available. And yeah, I don't think that people always are entirely honest with themselves about what they're really sacrificing when they eat a bag of chips. And I'm not even anti, you can never eat a bag of chips or you can never have chips. That's not what I'm even saying. But the point is when you consistently make choices to eat a bag of chips or to eat fast food or to neglect going to the gym, you, when we when we consistently, consistently neglect those things, um, we end up having to say no more. We end up having to say no more to our dreams. We end up saying more no's to our children. I ended up saying no to going out and just spending an evening with my friends because I felt bad about my acne. You know, we end up saying no to so many things that accumulate into lives that are ultimately just sad. They're sadder than they have to be. They are smaller than they have to be. And health really has a ripple effect out into everything. Our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our spouses, our children, our families, our friends, our jobs, our everything. And that's why it's ultimately so, so important to take care of our health so that we can just experience more life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that explanation. I love that so much. Um, I would like to hear you share a little bit more too on some of the things that you've said before about how, not just food, of course, because I think most people have an understanding that what you eat can be bad for you systemically. But when you couple that with your mindset or limiting beliefs in just how you, you are medicine, your body has everything it needs to be well on its own without many of the interventions we've been kind of groomed to believe that we need or are normal, just because something's normal doesn't mean it's natural for us, right? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so so what specifically? I'm a little confused. Um, so the question, I guess, is how is how is our inner beliefs on our own wellness coupled with the food that we put in our bodies, how does that manifest internally? And how does that translate into things like disease and conditions and syndromes? Yeah, I got you now. Absolutely. So 
like I said before, I believe mindset is king. Mindset is absolutely number one. We see people, uh, you know, they, they often interview people who are centenarians, people who live to 100 plus years, and they ask them, what's your secret to longevity? And I've never heard an interview with a centenarian who said, oh, my secret is only eating raw foods, or my secret is only eating a plant-based diet. I've never heard that. But what they do say, what they all say is that they eat in moderation, they have a sense of purpose, and they are enjoying their lives. They're relaxed. They're in a state of just being relaxed. They're not stressed out. And what I often see with people, even people who are eating really healthy diets, is that they're so stressed. They're so overcome with this feeling of not doing it good enough. It's not perfect enough. It's not, they're not, and there's just so much like ego attached to all of it. And so for me, the most important thing is to have a relaxed at peace uh, relationship with yourself. Ultimately health is connection to self and disease is disconnection from self. And so in being deeply connected to yourself, you will be a healthy person. That's just what it is. And knowing who you deeply are and processing your emotions and honoring the things that you genuinely like to do and eating the things that you genuinely like to eat. And it's from that place of deep self-awareness that we are healthy people. I often like to share the example of, I imagine God, you know, people have different ideas of God, but imagine God um, and all God's godness would come down to earth and was presented with two buffets. One buffet was full of fruits and vegetables and the rainbow of all these colors and beautiful plant-based dishes and another buffet of Doritos and donuts and processed foods and all these typical things. And to me, it seems so obvious that God and all God's self-awareness would go to eat the buffet full of healthy, vibrant, plant-based foods, right? Not because God would think of themselves as bad for eating the Doritos or the processed foods, not because it'd be even wrong to eat those things, but because God knows who God is and what God deserves and God deserves the best of the best of the best, right? And so I think of that in terms of you and me and everybody else. When you are deeply aware of who you are, you want to give yourself the best of the best of the best. And so as I grow in deeper connection to myself, deeper self-awareness, I less and less have the desire or the temptation to eat foods that don't make me feel good and disconnect me from myself and feel like poison in the body. It's a big difference from seeing it as I'm a bad person for eating those things, or I've done a wrong thing, or I messed up, or I fell off the bandwagon, all the typical ways that people describe it or talk about it. It's more just like, you're not bad or wrong, or you're not completely undoing all of your healing journey because you have a donut, but let's just come back to self-awareness. Do you really want to be a person who eats donuts consistently? If not, why did you make that choice? And so coming back to self-awareness, knowing that it's always back to who we are, who we believe that we are, because who we are and who we believe we are can often be two different things. And from that place, making choices that are of our highest good. I love that. And I love how authentically you just spoke on that. You could totally tell it was truly from your heart and you've really just 
you believe that. And, and I can see it just in the way that you explain everything you just did. And I love it. And choosing, you know, one table versus the other table, I would like to think that you would choose the rainbow of plant-based foods because it's, I would think the mindset of, I deserve the wellness. I deserve to feel good and to nurture my body and my spirit and my, and my mind. And it would just be a, a given to skip out on, on the things that don't do that is what I would love to see just us as a society and world gravitate towards. Yeah, me too. I think that's the mindset shift and that's in the identity shift. It's in knowing who we truly are and what we truly deserve and what's truly so beneficial for us and how eating the plant-based foods opens up doors for realizing all of our dreams. Like I was talking about earlier, right? Being able to play with your kids, not from playing with your kids on the playground because you chose the buffet of processed foods that will not only slow your body down, but it goes back to how I intuitively felt, right? Whether a person is aware of it or not, we don't ultimately feel good in our soul about eating non-food processed foods. You can either be aware of it or you can be unaware of it, but the reality exists. It's not human food. It's not even real food. And so in doing that and eating those things, we're disconnecting more deeply to ourselves. We're allowing disease to take hold through that disconnection from self. And it's in bringing ourselves back to awareness of self that we're able to live these fuller lives. And it really isn't what we deserve. Diet culture would have us think that it's all the opposite, right? That it's constant deprivation. We're constantly missing out on all the good things. And there's so many cool trendy pages and influencers eating all these crazy foods. And we think of that as like the real, the real thing that you'd want, right? But it's not, it's totally upside down and totally backwards. And there's nothing more cool or sexy or uh, trendy than eating a smoothie bowl. Like it's like the best thing ever. And like, we need to make it and we need to like work on our mindset shifting to seeing that as like, like the coolest thing ever, 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 rather than uh, a 25 inch pizza or something, whatever's, whatever other people see as cool. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm sure that you would agree and have come into the conversation with people about how there's a lot of, uh, non-plant-based eaters that feel like you are limiting yourself and you're restricting yourself in, in a way that doesn't feel sustainable for them. But I mean, I know for myself, when I transitioned to plant-based eating, it completely expanded on my choices of food, like never before. I mean, there were so many things that I wasn't even aware of that I wasn't eating. My variety of food is 10 times now what it was pre-vegan. Yeah. I mean, same. There's so many things that I eat now that I never ate before and so many dishes. It's yeah, it's a mindset, right? It's all in how you perceive it. You can choose to see that you're depriving yourself and you're restricting yourself and you're missing out on all these things, or you could choose to see all of the plethora of new dishes and plants available for you. And to people who are skeptical, I would just say, you can't know unless you try it. Just be open to it. Just be open to trying some new things. And maybe you'll actually find out that there is a lot more variety and a lot more interest in eating a plant-based diet than you assumed. 
Yeah, absolutely. The people that you serve, um, are, are those typical people that come to you or who is it that you usually find reaching out to receive guidance from you? Um, I mean, all kinds of different people. I definitely, I definitely, um, get a lot of people from what I like to call the health conscious world, the people who are already in it. And that's why I've increasingly pivoted towards more mindset and identity work, because I've noticed that a lot of people are eating really great diets and still experiencing pretty serious health problems and realizing that it wasn't the food. It wasn't the food for them, right? It was in not being able to deal with uh, the identity conflict or the emotional conflict or these other aspects of them that were really keeping them stuck. And so I would say that the majority of people that come to me are people who are already health coaches or health conscious and uh, feeling like maybe they've improved their health to a certain degree, but they want to go to that next level. And I'm available for that. There's always more and more available. My health will continue to improve. My life will continue to expand. And to me, it's, again, another mindset paradigm shift from the idea that as we get older and we age, things decline to, I believe, things keep getting better and better, right? Because if we become more aware of self, if we're more connected to self and we're taking care of our bodies for, you know, decades upon decades upon decades, then everything's going to keep getting better and better, right? It's all going to keep getting better and better. So um, yeah, that's generally who I'm here for is the people who are already aware to a certain degree of how to eat a healthy diet and feeling like that isn't enough and wanting to start tackling some of the other pieces that could bring her, could bring them a fuller experience of health. Well, that definitely resonates with me because um, I mentioned to you earlier that I recently joined your community and being somebody that's been on my own plant-based journey for 13 plus years now, um, I feel like, you know, I have a, a pretty good handle on things for the most part, but there's always just knowledge to be had and ways to expand uh, your understanding of things. And more recently, I have really been exploring more raw food than ever before. And again, I think that's just also part of my natural evolution that I spoke on earlier. So I can definitely say that the community is just full of so much information and it's so much more than what I imagined it to be when I initially signed up being in that space and exploring it has has really been fun and there's just so much information and so much resource there I can tell that you've really put your heart into it yeah yeah I'm so glad that you feel that way I have put my heart into it I started that community a little over a year ago and found that you know, one of these other pieces in the health journey was community. It is community. It's such an integral part. And I know a lot of people who um, struggle feeling like nobody gets that, nobody gets it, nobody else is doing the same thing around them, or maybe they have been doing it on their own for a while and they have gotten to a certain point, but they'd like to go deeper and they'd like to just be around other people who get it. And I like to think of my community as a space for growth oriented people, not even, not even just raw food, not even just plant-based food, but really growth oriented people. The books that we read for book club have had nothing to do with diet. They've had everything to do with expanding our sense of self. And I 
yeah, feel so strongly about the importance of community and being around other like-minded people who inspire you and encourage you and motivate you. And yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you feel that way and that you're a part of it now. Yeah. You know, and I think I, I speak for sure for myself when I say this, and, and maybe it's true for you too, that there are not people in my immediate circle that are raw and not plant-based at all, not even vegetarian. Um, so it's really easy to feel like you're going at something alone, even somebody that's been in the lifestyle for a long time. And the truth is that we don't have to, nor should we go it alone. And the fact that there are these places like your community to connect with other like-minded people and people on similar paths and journeys is really invaluable. And um, I'm just so glad that that you're being of service in that way. What about the uh, retreats that you offer? I'm really interested to hear about that. Yeah, I love the retreats. The retreats are so important to me. So um, just to reverse back for one quick second to the community thing, um, when I initially, or soon after I switched my diet over to a raw food diet, I was in grad school. I graduated. I was supposed to go on for my PhD. I was going to be a college uh, professor, decided to abandon that and move to Hawaii to live in a raw vegan community. And then I lived in another raw vegan community in Ecuador after that. But my point is, is that living in that raw vegan community in Hawaii for six months laid a foundation for me that was so huge and that is still impacting me to this day. And I recognize that not everyone is interested or able with their lifestyle and their families and all their things to up and move across the world to live in a raw vegan community for some time. And that's okay. But that's part of the idea behind my community is that community is a non-negotiable to me, right? Whether you're going to physically put yourself in a community of people who are like-minded or you're going to connect online daily or semi-daily, weekly with people who get it, these things are just absolutely essential. And so where the retreats come in is, uh, you know, we're moving into a world that's more and more online, right? And we can be angry about that. And people have all kinds of ideas about that. I think that there's, it's awesome that we have the internet and that we have ways to connect online. But I also feel very strongly about being together in person. And so the way that I kind of think of it is, uh, you know, I have like my social media platform where we can connect to a certain degree. And then I have my private community where we can connect to a greater degree. And then I do one-on-one mentorship and coaching where we connect to an even greater degree. And then ultimately we have retreats where we get together in person. We spend time together. I make you food from my own hands, with my own love and intention. And we hike and we play pickleball and we have bonfires and we spend time with one another and we do all kinds of amazing things. And so um, I can't foresee a time where retreats will ever not be a part of what I do because I just believe that strongly in actually being together in person. It's like you can talk to people all the time, have these calls, and you could definitely get to know people. But it's like not until you can like physically touch a person and like be in the same room with them that I feel like you really seal the deal. Like you really feel the deal on the connection, on the friendship. And that's just so important to me. And so that's why I host retreats. Those sound incredibly magical and I'm going to be on the lookout for those for sure. Um, and hopefully make those part of, part of my goals. Are they, uh, how often do you have them? 
Yeah, so it's been different. I've done different retreats that I've hosted around the country. I've hosted a retreat in Austin, Texas, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, in Florida, different things. And uh, this year, at this point, I'm hosting two retreats at my home on my property. I have a big backyard. Um, and so I'm hosting one this May that is booked now and one this September. And I'm looking into a couple international retreats for next year, probably one in Portugal, maybe another one in South America somewhere. Um, I'm, so two retreats this year, and I'm thinking probably uh, a few more next year because yeah, they're just too important. They're, it's just too important to get out of your, you know, get out of your bubble of your life, no matter how amazing of a bubble of life you have, it's good to put yourself in a new situation with new people and new experiences, especially, I think, if those people are like-minded and on a similar wavelength and want similar things, and to be in a cool, nourishing spot with beautiful nature, um, it's too important. Yeah, and no matter where you think you are in your journey and how far you've come, there's always room for growth and influence that you wouldn't receive otherwise. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Olivia, what do you want us to know before? I want to respect your time. So I know that we're kind of drawing to a close here with our conversation. I feel like I could go down so many rabbit holes uh, with what we could talk about, but what would you like our listeners to just leave thinking about today? So like I said earlier, health is connection to self and disease is disconnection from health, from self. And so what I want for everyone is to spend more time connecting deeply with self. And there's any number of ways for that to happen. Um, whatever it is for you, do it. I often use the example of Tetris, right? Say you really, really love Tetris, but you... Uh, can't think of anything you'd rather do first thing in the morning than play 10 minutes of Tetris. But all the rules of how to have a morning routine say you shouldn't pick up your phone and you should meditate, you should journal and you should do this and do that and this. But the thing that's really true for you is to play Tetris. I say play more Tetris. Do the thing that truly lights your soul on fire. And then someone might rebuttal, but how is playing 10 minutes of Tetris going to help me lose 30 pounds or reverse my chronic symptoms? The answer is it will. It just will because it's in honoring ourselves and becoming more deeply connected to ourselves that our health improves. That's just how it works. And it's not always learning how to prepare more nutritious foods. So that's a great idea or going to the gym more. It's really in getting to know ourselves more deeply and honoring what we find. And so my greatest wish for everyone is that they will spend more time getting to know who they are and doing the things that they really, really, truly love to do. Whatever that is, no matter how absurd it may seem or how much it would, it might seem that that's not going to influence your health. It all is connected. Everything uh, is one. And so do more of the things that are truly, truly you. Thank you so much for saying that. That is like a permission slip to just live our own authentic lives. And I think we just forget that we all have that in our pocket. Yeah, so important. Tell us where we can find you and how we can stay connected. Cool, yeah. 
So I'm mostly on Instagram. It's my favorite social media platform. Um, it's my name, Olivia Herzog. Uh, you could also find me. Well, just go to Instagram. If you go to Instagram at Olivia Herzog. The link in my bio has everything else. The link to my website, which is just oliviaherzog.com. The link to my private community, the link to my coaching, the link to my retreats. All of those things are available um, in the link in my bio on Instagram. All that will be in the show notes, of course, too. So uh, easy ways to click and connect will be available. Olivia, thank you so much for your time today. I've loved every minute of this conversation. Thank you for sharing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Have an awesome day. Yeah, you too. Talking with Olivia really helped me hit a reset button. Sometimes even people like myself who have been on a plant strong journey for a long time need a refresher in all of it. Not even sometimes, all the time. There's always so much for all of us to learn, no matter how deep we think we are in our journeys, no matter how much we think we know already, somebody always has more to share with us. Olivia, you have inspired me to finally dig deeper into the raw side of veganism like I've always wanted to. You guys definitely check out Olivia's Instagram at the very least. You will find so much inspiration to become a better you, to question the societal norms and to learn more about what wellness actually is and how to achieve it. If you're really ready to expand your plate and palate, join her community. I've had a ton of fun exploring the wealth of knowledge, recipes, and resources that live there. All ways to stay connected to Olivia and support her as well as this podcast that make these conversations possible is in the show notes. Like it, share it, rate it, and review it. That's how you can easily support this platform. I'm going to leave you with my favorite part of today's conversation. You do not need to see proof of the healthy life you want in order to pursue it. You are it already, and you will start seeing yourself as healthy once you stop believing you are not. Mindset, you guys, that's where it's at. I've loved sharing this with you. I hope it resonates. I hope you take it to heart, and I hope you do something today that helps you move forward in your own health and mindset journeys. See you next time.